Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech so that you can cut through all the noise, know which developments you should be paying attention to so that you can become a better marketer. Today is Thursday, September 20th, 2018, and we're coming to you from the Pepperland Marketing Studio here in Cheshire, Connecticut. This is episode number 20, <laughs> at number six, Okay, number 20. And uh, today we have lots of interesting updates, specifically coming from Google and Instagram. Yeah, pretty Sean cool. Henry. I'm Tim Staberski. And I'm Ryan Sylvester. Cool. How's the week going, guys? Yeah, I'm honestly kind of surprised that it's already Thursday. It feels like Tuesday. Very fast week. Yeah, yeah I worked, as you guys know, I worked from home yesterday, and the whole day I thought it was Friday, so it doesn't feel as fast as I'm sure that you guys feel. Strangely enough, it was like a great day in the office yesterday. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> lots of laughs, yeah, lots of great. fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, whenever you're not in the office, Tim, we all miss your sighing. My sighing punctuates the long days here in Pepperland. We always say the two, like when you're out, it's much more quiet in the yeah. office, which, hey, you know what? We don't like, but it's okay. I, I make random noises. I yep. sigh. It's okay. It's just the Tim Stabersky charm. <laughs> so each week on the show, we like to recap all the different um, updates, news, headlines, interesting content and blog posts that we came across. Uh, try to make it easy for you guys to, you know, know what's up, what's happening, um, but specifically what we think you should be paying attention to, what you should do about it. Um, and yeah, and uh, this week, uh, Ryan, you, you caught some interesting news coming from Instagram. I love Instagram, and I think it towers over any other social media. Really? So I f- well, except well, I know right. that you like Twitter. Before you dive into uh, the <laughs> update here, why does it tower over the better social networks? Specifically Snapchat, because well, that's clearly okay, it number It does one. exactly what Snapchat it was made for and does it, I think, in a better way. Okay, um, okay. Go ahead, Tim. What are you I, I just disagree with you there. Okay. Snapchat has the better face filters, and that's what Snapchat was designed for. Okay. So let me rephrase the question. Okay. <laughs> of the mediocre social networks, would you say Instagram is the greatest or the best? Yes to both. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Well, we're going to get into like the hashtagging stuff, but you can really connect with a lot of different people with the hashtags, but those are going to be hidden now. So I'd agree that Instagram is probably the best uh, of the mindless social networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's mindless, but I'll, it's I'll, good. I, I will be honest. <laughs> if I am ranking social networks, Facebook, still number one for me. Really? On the mush pile? On the mush pile. Yeah. Um, then Instagram. Mm. Then Snapchat, Snapchat. And then Twitter. Then LinkedIn. Wow. Okay. And yeah. then Twitter. I would say Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Okay. I don't really care about LinkedIn. I, I am just right kidding now. about Instagram. I like Instagram a lot. I just, you know, I don't learn anything from it. You don't learn it. it. I, I know. That's, I like, and that's your problem. Yeah. I like spending my time on things that I, where I learn something. Cause I I'm, spend five I'm minutes. Lame. I spend five minutes a day on Instagram. Five minutes in the, uh, two and a half minutes in the morning mm-hmm. and two and a half minutes at night just before I go to bed. Well, you're going to be spending more time on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, the, uh, the title of this article is Instagram may divide hashtags from captions to end over hashing. Hmm. Uh, this comes from TechCrunch by Josh Constein. Um, so the whole point of stuffing Instagram posts with these hashtags to attract more followers by pulling in relevant search terms. Uh, so Instagram is going to be implementing, it's 
all of these are in beta right now. So the hashtag selector, this will allow people to add hashtags in an orderly fashion and will help clean up um, your Instagram posts. But most people have gotten around that and added those little dots to separate the paragraphs to kind of put the hashtags in the bottom and not show them directly in there. But this is going to further organize them. It's just, it's kind of crazy because if you like, Sean, you've been in the game for a long time. Been in the game a while. Um, so you, like this is just like keyword stuffing back in like the nineties. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy to think of it making a full circle. Yeah. But on you know, for the social networks instead of the general general web. I mean the the, the whole the hashtag thing clearly works so much like keyword stuffing did at one yeah. point in time. But um it is pretty obnoxious that like if you wanna do it. You you know, everybody has those games with the dot, dot, dot where they're kind of. Right. I don't. They're tricking. Yeah. They're yeah. tricking Instagram, but Instagram knows. Right. It's, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of this update. Um, I only glanced at it, but it sounds like it will be a good thing. Um, yeah. And then the other, a couple other ones are the geofence posts. So this will help businesses and social media managers and all that other stuff target locations, which we see in Facebook ads um, already. So it's just kind of Facebook rolling rolling their location uh, advertising into Instagram, which is good. But uh, in this article, it talked about how it could be interesting to see if it's rolled out to everyone and not just business pages, because if you let everyone, you know, target their followers by, you know, this, this geolocation stuff, I wonder what I wouldn't use it. You know, what is an average guy or gal going to use this for on their Instagram page? Instagram dating. (laughs) Right, right. No, so like the average person probably wouldn't. Businesses, right. yeah, though. So like, or verified, you know, people on Instagram might use it that have a large reach. But I don't know. I think it should be rolled out and kept to only businesses and verified people. Just a little tidbit. Um, yeah. You can take highlights from other stories and make them into stickers. Put them on your own Instagram stories, Tim. So there you go. Um, and <laughs> I don't know why that targeted me, but okay. <laughs> because you you care about the the stickers and stuff. Um, and then they updated the ask me anything kind of, uh, tag on their stories. And now you can quiz people, you can quiz your followers. So I don't know. I think it's just another way for people to interact and, uh, Instagram is kicking ass and that's, that's their top dog in the social game. And, uh, that's pretty much it. It's a whole lot of updates coming from Instagram. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just, they're just really controlling it. I'm, I'm waiting for them to just beat out Twitter and just be done with it. And be king of the hill. What? <laughs> I, I did have another thought, and I forgot what it was. Gonna, I, I don't know if it was another like kind of uh, passive aggressive yeah. jab or something, but uh, hmm. maybe it'll come back. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will. Yeah, we'll we'll hope for that. <laughs> That's it for the social, and uh, I'm sure we have tons of we have tons of Google stuff, right? Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah. We have a ton of Google stuff. Who's up first, me or you, Tim? Um. Y- me? Well, you usurped my position, so it is okay. it is Sean Henry time. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so our inboxes here at Pepperland have been flooded with notifications. From so many notifications. Yeah. So we, you know, we have access to um, most of our clients, I think all of our clients, Google Search Console accounts. If you're not familiar with Google Search Console, it's a free tool that is available to you directly from Google that allows you to... See your website the way Google sees it. All the uh, problems it's run into, any recommendations they may have for you, um, and some really interesting performance data. What keywords you're ranking for, 
how much traffic your pages are getting, et cetera. It's a great tool. Check it out. Say, in other words, if you, if you don't currently use it, you should be using it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you verified your site in Google search console, they are now sending out notifications that your website has been switched over to their mobile first index. And that's something they announced um, a while ago. 2016, I believe. Yeah, November of 2016. So um, if this is the first time you're hearing about this, well, I'm sorry. It's too late. Yeah. Well, so Google noticed, uh, they've noticed for a long time that um, there's been a dramatic rise in searches coming from mobile devices. And a, a while ago, mobile searches in the U.S. actually, um, what's the word? I'm surpassed. Afraid. Yeah, surpassed desktop, right? Desktop searches haven't declined necessarily. There's just now people are searching on their phones as they're out waiting in line for a donut. Um, or doing whatever it is they're <laughs> they're doing. Their People day -day. do these days. What are they? Yeah, doing? or yeah. me just laying in bed. Right, right. Um, and and that means uh, there's more demand on um, your website to be mobile friendly. Um, unfortunately, much of the web still is not really all that mobile friendly. Even if you have a responsive website, um, a lot of mobile sites uh, have long load times. Um, they have limited functionality. Um, and that's not good for mobile searches. So once again, Google's taking a stand and uh, they're switching over their index to the mobile where they're going to look at your website's mobile version first and make decisions about whether or not to um, index your website and how to rank your website based off what it's seeing on the, the mobile experience as opposed to what it's done up until this point in time, which has been to primarily uh, lead with your desktop experience. Um, some websites have already been on mobile first indexing, but as we said, anybody who hasn't been pretty much at this point is now on mobile first indexing. So uh, what does that mean? I just want to put in a little thought here. Sure. I hate searching on my phone. Why? Because I have, well, mainly because I have sausage fingers and I always mess up <laughs> the typing, which leads me to my second point is that all my mobile searching is voice now. I, I don't bother with the texting at all. Okay. Uh, or with the, yeah, typing. Um, but I would rather, I would prefer to do all searches on a laptop, but I think that's because I sit in front of it all day sure. long. Sure, yeah. So, I don't know, that's just a little side note. There are some differences in the types of searches people do on mobile yeah. compared to what they're yeah, doing totally. on desktop. Yeah. All those differences, I suspect, are slowly going away. Do you do all your searches through voice on your mobile or do you, is it like 50-50? I, I don't do any searches on mobile with voice actually. Really? Neither do I, I'll be honest. Why? And I love my Google I Home. just, it's, there's too much friction. Um, if you have poor connection, sometimes it doesn't work. Huh. Um, okay. Sometimes it misinterprets you. I mean, it's, it's getting pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I, I'll also be quite honest. I don't know how to launch it on my phone. Um, it happens every so often. It'll just launch. And I'm like, I don't know why you did that. So but. after a, almost a year of wearing an Apple watch, I just realized that I don't have to press any buttons. I could just bring it up and start to say, hey, Siri, something or another. I don't think so. Look at that. It just did it. Really? Yeah. I don't think mine will do that. Oh. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. I, I think my search behavior will probably switch. But anyway, you took me off. I'm sorry. I'm message sorry. here, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. So what does this mean for Yeah, so what, what Google you. says in these notifications, if you got one, is that crawling, indexing, and ranking systems have typically used a desktop version of a page's content, which may cause issues for mobile searches when that version is vastly different than the mobile version. 
And that is true in some cases. Uh, there's a lot of websites where you just can't do things on mobile that you can do on desktop. Google doesn't like that. I don't like that either. And so they're kind of putting their weight out there to, to make webmasters, marketers change. Um, Which is good. It's good. It's good for the user. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... Well, I don't yeah. like it when people flex their muscle. Yeah. Well, sometimes we all need a good kick in the butt. No, no, no. I mean, like I agree with, I agree with the intent. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, it, you know. Yeah. I mean, th- there is a lot of grumbling about, you know, basically what Google wants. It gets, you Yeah. Know, we, we have to. And that's what I, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm more or less. Yeah. I, I can see that. Um, the, the notice goes on to say though, the move will like likely have, I think this is actually, this no, is not, the, this is not from them. So this is just our own commentary. <laughs> we, we write notes about what we're going to talk about before the episode. Um, but yeah, basically for most people, hopefully it means nothing really. Um, but just to be totally sure what you want to do is pick up your phone and um, pretend you are your customer for a few minutes and go through the experience the same way you imagine they would. So maybe start with a search that leads to your website, see where you land. Um, Think about what that person might want to see next after they, you know, after they've read all that content on your landing page. Um, is it easy for them to get there on a mobile device? Can they use your menu the way that they can on a desktop? Can they find everything in your menu that they could find on desktop? Can um, they easily interact with your forms and, you know, everything else that your website might have? I mean, yeah, depending on certain things, if, especially if, you, if you've never really poked around on the mobile version of your website. Mm-hmm things can really look kind of different. Um, yeah. Like forms can appear at the bottom of the page instead of where you place them on the desktop. There's all kinds of issues. So regardless of whether or not you've gotten a notice, you should be I think putting that an, out. Putting a, an emphasis on accessibility, like your tap point, yeah. your, your uh, what are they called? Uh, I don't know. I think they're called tap points. Just like clicking between different icons mm-hmm. and, and links and stuff like that and making sure, you know, text is, you know, easily readable and all that yeah. stuff, so... And I think it's really important to actually use your phone as you're doing this versus emulating the mobile experience on your desktop because there are differences. The, the way that you interact with the page is very different when you're using your fingers versus a mouse. Um, so recommend doing that exercise. Um, if you are feeling really lazy, though, <laughs> uh, Google will um, notify you um, about any mobile issues that they're running into. And I imagine they're going to get more sophisticated on that end as time goes on. Um, if you go into Google Search Console now, you'll see a list of mobile issues that they've detected with the site, and you should really think about resolving those things. The, the second thing, though, that you, you really want to pay close attention to, many, many websites do restrict the mobile navigation. Uh, they just show less options um, in that little hamburger menu that's in the upper right-hand corner. I've never heard I've it. I've never heard it called like that. that. I, I understand it because like it looks like a No, well, I totally... I, even, I can't remember if it's three lines or four lines. So it's a it's a double quarter pounder. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god! Yeah. So anyway, um, if you look at that, there's there's a good chance you don't have as many links in that navigation as you might on desktop. Now think about this: if if Google's crawling your website mobile first, that means high priority pages on your website may not be as accessible to a crawler and to users as they are in desktop. Right? Instead of one click away, now maybe they're two clicks away, and that could have some impact on your indexing and your ranking. So something to check out. And if you do have a problem there, you might want to change it. One last thought that we talked about last week. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, there has been some debate and some conflicting information 
about those collapsible accordions that you see on a lot of websites, especially on the mobile version. Oh, yeah. So a lot of websites, in order to kind of speed up or condense the experience, they'll take key bits of information that's on a page and they'll, they'll collapse it. And you have to press on it to expand and see all that information. Now, several people from Google have said that now that they are moving towards mobile-first indexing, they're going to value and weigh the uh, information that's hidden behind those collapsible elements just as much as um, anything that is visible on the page when you load it because they realize that's done to improve the mobile experience. But some testing by other folks suggests the opposite, that maybe that's what Google's intention is, but they haven't implemented it yet. Or they just haven't worked out the kinks yet. Yeah. So what I would say is, you know, if you're now on mobile first indexing and you're noticing a decline in your traffic, take a look at those kind of hidden elements on your website and consider making some changes, at least in the short term, to reveal that information. Um, of course, the negative there is that may lead to longer load times. Putting the most valuable information two clicks away. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. So some things to look out for. Now, for all of our clients, we're obviously going and testing these things, but you guys could definitely, our listeners, or thousands of listeners, right? You could do some testing on your own. Rock <laughs> on. to crack up. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right. More yeah. Google News. Geeky, geeky, geeky. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like every week I'm like the John Muller guy. I always bring it's up coming that way. I, yeah. I I always bring up whatever he's uh, discussing. Yeah. But so this week in a Google Hangout, John Mueller was talking about um, spammy backlinks, um, like in you know inbound backlinks to your website. Mm-hmm. Um, Stumble up, up upon this from the article. Google advises about spammy backlinks uh, by Roger Monti, who was writing for Search Engine Journal. Um, but so the the question in in this particular Google Hangout that was posed was, there are tens of thousands of backlinks to our website. I heard from you that there are websites which are spammy websites, which may be penalized by Google. What should we do about those websites? Should we just ignore and act like we don't know anything? And what Mueller said was, for the most part, unless you're aware of kind of I'm gonna I'm quoting him directly, and there were some typos in here. So just to clarify, um, for the most part, unless you're aware of kind of regular activity that a previous SEO or someone in the past has been doing for your website with regards to links, then I wouldn't worry about it. That's something where if a website has been around for a long time, then it has links from all kinds of crazy places there. These are things that we see on the web all the time. So unless you're really aware of the kind of dedicated activity of someone going out and buying a lot of links and kind of really doing a lot of things that are against our webmaster guidelines, then I wouldn't really worry about this. So what he's getting at is what Sean wants to say. A lot of websites did this um, 10 years ago or so. They would hire some quote unquote SEO who just like, purchased or, you know, they already had their their own network and uh, just kind of flooded the web with these spammy type of links because it worked or, you know, it it helped. Yeah. 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 The number of links that you have point to your website, it's a, it's a, it's a ranking signal. Um, Google's talked about this a lot in the past, but Google also knows like they, they understand that if your site's been around for, for a while, if it's established, you're naturally just going to get, get, 
at least some spammy backlinks in your link profile. Yeah, every, every website has it. Um, and and they've they've talked about this a lot recently where they've, um, you know, they're able to detect like these types of things and just simply ignore them now. Whereas there are patterns. If, yeah. if, if it's something that you've, that you've paid for, or if it's something that you've encouraged, like there, there's, there are going to be patterns. There's going to be breadcrumbs where they, they can tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, like this, if you didn't manually disavow them, it, you could be suffering from major penalties. You could see a major decline in your traffic. So it was like the way to recover from one of those penalties. Yeah. And so John Mueller didn't give any specific guidance um, other than clarifying Google's position there. Um, but I mean, you could still disavow them if you want manually. There's no, there's no specific guidance as to whether or not that is the um, recommended course of action. But yeah. Now, if you have no intention of disavowing anything or don't know what a backlink is, what your takeaway should be is don't hire some shady SEO person that you can't pick up the phone and speak to off fiverr.com <laughs> and uh, expect good results because they might do these sort of shady things. Or if you get emails with the subject line, cheap links, um, <laughs> don't, first of all, don't open that. Or phone call <laughs> says, hi, we have a spot available on the first page of Google. Yes. Th those are the kinds of things you may want to avoid. Yep. There you have it. There you have it. There you have it. Yeah. Um, and then this is something that I stumbled upon, which I'm actually really excited about the implications because it feels really heavy. It feels like there are some, there could be some real implications behind this. Um, and this was an article that I found by Barry Schwartz writing for Search Engine Roundtable called Google Blue Shield Icon in Snippets for Some Government Sites? Question um, mark. And what what the article is pointing to is someone on Twitter posted some screenshots of a search that they had done on mobile, um, which was uh, which, which returned some pages from the IRS and also some pages from the CDC. What was this? Do you know what the search was? I, I don't know what okay. the search was. I just want to try it. But um, within those search results, some of the, the government pages had a little icon next to them that was a little blue shield with a check mark in it. Very similar to the Twitter verification badge and almost identical to the Google plus verification badge, except it's blue instead of black. Um, and it's something I've never seen before. It's something that, you know, the, 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 the searcher had never seen before. It's something that no one seems to really know exactly what it is. Um, other than it's likely something that Google is testing out some kind of search verification badge now the, i mean i wonder where the line is drawn though well because that's, i mean what like what's to say you know just because it's a, a you know a federal website like i understand that that's you know that's got to be verified but what about us you know what i mean what does that mean for us in the future you know could that make us stand out well so there like i i was racking my brain earlier just thinking about like all the questions these are the questions that come to my mind um when i think of the possible implications one uh, is this feature ever going to make it out of beta and into the mainstream? Who knows? Google tests stuff all the time. Honestly, we may never actually see it. Right. Two, um, you know, how might the presence or absence of a badge impact um, click-through rate in search engines? How might the presence or absence of one of these badges impact your rankings themselves? I mean, will will websites with with that have been verified 
naturally rank right. higher? Will it have no impact? I don't know. Um, I would want to know the criteria. Well, and that's the thing too. Will would something like this be applied to all searches, just to certain searches where Google notices that there's some sensitive information being relayed? I mean, if you're talking about if you're doing a search about taxes, it makes sense that you'd want to get the information directly from the source because right. you're talking about money. It's what is what is that? Your money or your life or whatever that yeah. saying is. Yep. Like yeah, if something touches us. your health or your money or right. you know have a serious impact on your life maybe that's maybe those are the kinds of searches that google might apply this to i would think so yeah um situations like that what i like to think about with these types of tests is you know what is what is the problem that google or anybody else is actually trying to solve and how can you you know what can you do on your end to solve the problem regardless whether or not they choose to implement this test right well and in my in my mind this is a direct um response to the rise of hashtag fake news. Right. Right. I mean, for a long time now, pretty much anything, anyone could put anything out on the internet and you know, whether or not it was true or not, or if they did their homework or not, potentially have millions of people read that information and believe it to be true. And for the most part, people do believe everything that they read on the internet now. Some of it should be believed obviously, but some of it shouldn't be. So um, whether they implement this, badge or do something different. Um, and then we were just, we didn't include this in the notes today, but in the UK they're they're introducing additional regulations, right? Um, there's going to be things like this where they're trying to crack down and, and verify fact and, you know, what's the original and, source, you know? And this is something we've talked about in the past, whether or not on the show, I don't know, but mm-hmm. in general, I'm like when we write articles, when we're, when we point stuff out in our content, um, we always try to include our sources. We always try to go back to that yeah. primary source because we, I mean, it's always sort of been a, a ranking signal. Yep. Um, proving that we know our stuff and we're trusted. Right. So if, if, if somebody's putting out fluff right now and you know, they're thinking I could just crank out content and continue to do well in search results, this is just one additional reason why that's not true anymore. And you got to think about how you're going to double down on quality and, you know, yeah, I doubt that, that trusted source. I doubt that if they do roll it out and get it out of beta, then I don't know if the uh, qualifications will be known at all. You know, probably not. I think that yeah. it relates a lot back to being verified on a social media, and mm. most people think that you have to have millions of followers. Sure, but it's not really true. Right. You know, Instagram or I, can't, I forget which one. Instagram or Twitter. You know, you have to ha- you have to be active. There's like other you know vague requirements, but you have to send in a driver's license. You know what I mean? It's it's just mm. verifying yeah. that you are who you are and you own, you know, Pepperland Marketing or whatever. But sure. it's, I think in this sense, Google, like you guys have talked about, it's it's about good information and good news and all that stuff. And yeah, but yeah I, it's uh, it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, the the question of whether or not it'll have an impact on your marketing tactics, you know, directly, who knows? But my prediction is that if they do roll it out, just in the in the idea of uh, click-through rate, that it's it'll skyrocket your click-through rate. That's what I think. I don't know. It could also be seen as an ad. I, I'm not sure, but I, well, that's the, my prediction. I mean, yeah, it, it, I I naturally go towards, you know, thinking as a searcher, I naturally <laughs> am inclined to be drawn towards the things that make something stand out. Mm. If there's one search result with a little blue badge next to it in a list of 10 search results, my eye is immediately going to go there, first of all. Um, but second of all, I will, of course, 
um, if I know what it means, if I know that, that it means that it's seen as a trusted source, then of course I'm going to click through there. Right. Um, but the question of, you know, is that going to impact your marketing efforts? I don't know. We don't know yet. Don't know. Um, last thing I saw, go ahead, Sean. You just, oh, ping- oh okay. No. Um, data studio. Uh, this is the headline data studio is now generally available. This is Google's, you know, data dashboard, which is, uh, Great to help other agencies and people become more data-driven. This is written by Mr. Abara. I left out the first name because I don't want to insult them, but... uh, By not knowing how to pronounce it. Uh, So this is Google's free data visualization reporting product. It is out of beta and now generally available. This move move signifies our continued commitment to helping teams identify and share insights from their data so they can take steps to improve business outcomes. So it helps you um, kind of aggregate all your Google Analytics, Google Ads, Display, and Video 360, Search Ads, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a really cool uh, place to see all of your stuff, all your data. <laughs> it's it, it's definitely a cool, like, free option, I guess. Is it free? Yeah, it's free. I mean, yeah, they, it's, have, it's they a, have a paid version. It's good. It's good. My gripe with it, I've had two problems with it historically. One is uh, it's I, it's primarily all Google products. Right. I don't know if they've expanded it. They they probably have introduced a few non Google products. Maybe maybe no. Um, it says in five hundred more data sources. That's pretty big. Right. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's that's like HubSpot rolling out all those integrations. But you know, doesn't mean that everyone uses them. You know. I don't know. I I think it's clunky. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. It's I'm, it's good. If you need to have a solution like this, so if that is your preferred solution, great. Um, I like DataBox better. So I, after looking through this, after looking through the images, and you know how their data is set up, it doesn't look as clean as DataBox. I think that DataBox does a better job of just kind of presenting this information. See, I personally like spreadsheets best of all for my data visualization. Oh, That's God. what I use. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's a good, it's a good tool. It's, you could do some neat things in it. Um, so yeah, good access to data. Good thing. And, uh, I think that's that all we got. I think that's all we got. All right. And I was, uh, on their site. I am checking to see what different connectors they have. Um, uh, yeah. And they, they have like a lot of, it looks like a lot of the ad networks available now. Um, I see they have Facebook ads. But it's it's powered by third parties. It's not tapping directly into um, their solution. So, meh. I'm still not thrilled with that. Yeah, uh, if you're looking for a data solution, look yeah. at DataBox first. That's right. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it. We will see what exciting new things come in the week ahead. And uh, if you're listening, be sure to leave us a review. We'll give you a high five. And tune in next week. <laughs>